Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Don't lie right here on 1049 the horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. That's my man Patrick the Idillionaire. Uh takes jams that reached the top of the Billboard charts uh and played uh, uh on this day in history and plays those jams for us. And Boogeyman. Yes, I'm your boogeyman. Turn right? me on. I I I I I picture uh, Nikola Jokic, like in a commercial of some sort, dancing to this song. It's gonna be a Taco Bell one. It, there you go. Yeah. Boom. There you go. There That's you perfect. Go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because he's definitely the uh, the NBA boogeyman right now. He is the boogeyman. Yeah, man. NBA can't the figure out. The grim sleeper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he is, man. He and uh, he deserves it. He doesn't want any of the attention. Yeah. He just wants the championships and the accolades. Uh, but he's gonna get plenty of attention, man. He uh, at this point, uh, it's time for him to. Uh, stop being the best kept secret in the NBA. Yep. Everybody needs to know that he's the best player on the planet. And uh, so we'll get back to that conversation too, talking about Nikola Jokic. I want to get into some NBA discussion. Also, we'll get back to the heartbreaking, um, you know, mm. gut wrenching, soul crushing. Uh, any other things? No. Okay. I think those uh, lost, are enough. Lost, lost for the uh, Texas baseball team to Stanford. Uh, just in the fashion in which they lost, where they uh, lost a pop-up fly in the lights. Which Hard is telling us, a lot more common than you think. Exactly. And um, unfortunately for Texas, it happened um, at that time. And it ended up being, is it classified as a walk-off? Yeah. Like a walk-off hit it's a, it's a for base hit. Stanford. It's a walk-off yeah. hit for them. Yep. So they, yeah, because it, because I think a texter uh, texted that they on their phone. I guess they got an update. It was a walk off win for Stanford. Yeah, it's and a they, hit. It's a were, knock. They don't give you. Hey, when the box score come out, yeah, my box score say I was three for four. Yeah, exactly. They don't know how yeah, I got them three. Exactly. Like, oh, that was your game winner. Yeah, it's like yeah, that was a game winner, man. Yep. So I guarantee you, when that young man said uh, Bowser, what's yep. his name? Bowser. Bowser. Yep. When he tells the story. I don't know if he'll tell that detail. In like oh. 10 years, he's talking the story about his walk-off win. They're going to say, man, all about the pop-up I already fly. Googled it. You can't lie to me, dog. <laughs> he'll forget all about that little detail. <laughs> yep. hey, Robbie, forget them details in my stories too, man, whatever yep. it takes. Uh, all right, let's get to some NFL news notes and nuggets, gentlemen. Uh, first of all, Harsh, uh, what you got coming up on Harsh Knock Life? Speaking I'm going to put a wrap on this Texas baseball season from what I saw and the things that I really, really enjoyed about this baseball team. A lot to enjoy about this Texas yep, baseball team. Absolutely. And you know what? How about this? Since we're talking Texas baseball right now, we won't talk. Uh, uh, we'll talk about it in depth more in Harsh Knock Life, of course, and we'll do it later on in 6 o'clock, too. Uh, but the consolation prize for Texas baseball losing in the Super Regionals to Stanford in Game 3 in what was just soul-crushing fashion, 
The Bo Jackson shout out tweet. Yep. To Dylan Campbell. That's right. Wow. That's right. Saw that cannon right there. Wow. He plays Come some good on, right man. field, man. Come on, guy. I mean, yep. Bo Jackson, he don't even use Twitter that often. Bo Jackson, Twitter shout out to Dylan Campbell. He told his Twitter people to tweet that out. Ooh, well, it don't matter. Came from Bo Jackson's hey, official account. Tweet that that out. means Bo Jackson approved it. That's right. He saw the play and was like, I approve. Message Bo approved. Knows. That's right. Dude. Bo knows. For, for Texas sports fans, this is easily the best social media flex for a Texas sports figure since Beyonce wore that David Ad, that 14 jersey when David Ash was the starting quarterback at Texas. Mm. And remember how good how, how good she looked? How good she looked and how good he must have felt. Like, yeah. Beyonce wearing that. And he I'm, probably didn't I'm know who she was because he ain't have no TV when he was in Belton. That is true. You That's true. But now he knows. Now he definitely knows. If I'm him, I got that picture blown up in my crib. Yeah. My man cave <laughs> just right there. Oh, 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 yeah. That's, and in my jersey, me a photo yeah. of me in the jersey right next to Beyonce yeah. in the jersey. Oh, yeah. like, just, so y'all, just in case y'all can't put two and two together. Yeah. yeah that's what it is right there. Uh, she's a, but just ipso facto, she's a David Ash fan. I just made her a David Ash fan. Yep. That's, a, that's, a, that's a nice social media flex for Dylan Campbell, who, of course, is still heartbroken. Um, we're, we're sure about it, uh, considering the way Texas lost that game to Stanford. Okay, let's get to NFL news, notes, and nuggets, gentlemen. Some mini camp uh, stuff that we'll get to regarding the Texans because uh, we talked about the Cowboys mini camp happening last week. Uh, this week, the Texans are reporting to their mini camp, so we'll get to that. The first Texans news that we'll talk about is JJ Watt being inducted into the Texans Ring of Honor. Um, I believe only Andre Johnson and Bob McNair are in it. Wow. That's it. So the guy that helped found it, the Texans organization and Andre Johnson, who, you know, before J.J. Watt was the greatest player in Texans history. And week four, October 1st versus Pittsburgh, that is the Ring of Honor game. Texans are undefeated in Ring of Honor games. Uh-huh. 2-0. Shout out. So that's a nice little mojo they got going there. Can't, can't lose when you're inducting your greatest <laughs> players into your ring of honor. You can't lose that game. That's embarrassing. It is. No. Right? You got you to have that pass rush, too. You got that D'Amico Ryan's pass rush. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's Pitt versus Pittsburgh. They got to win that game. Uh, all right, Jim, let's talk about J.J. Watt for a second here. He's going to be inducted into the ring of honor. Um, he Remember, he was drafted 11th overall. And I remember this, Patrick. You do, do, because you were a Texans yep. fan. And then you renounced fandom, then came back to the, the, to the Texans fandom most recently. Um, he was booed. Or at least the draft mm-hmm. pick. He wasn't booed. The draft pick was booed. I shouldn't say he was booed. The draft pick was booed. They didn't like the draft pick initially. And uh, all Texans fans ended up being dead wrong about that. Uh, yeah, I remember when the Cowboys fans, who were they booed? They booed like Zach Fet- Frederick. They booed. Yeah, they, we have uh, a tendency. Travis Frederick. Sorry, Travis. Sorry. We, Travis Frederick. I, I was, I'm always booing our draft picks in case you didn't know. You did. You were upset. <laughs> you didn't boo. You threw a mini temper tantrum yeah. over the Tyler Smith pick. Another Tyler. Yeah, ended up being a good pick for the Cowboys. Doggone good pick. Uh, but getting back to it, JJ Watt, uh, he three has three Defensive Player of the Year awards on his resume. Uh, he had a consecutive back-to-back years where he was basically the most dominant player in the game from twenty in twenty fourteen twenty fifteen. He won back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year awards, and he won his uh, first Defensive Player of the Year award, I believe, in two thousand twelve. Um, and then 2013, he had a good year. So basically from 2012 to 2015, he was the best defensive player in the league. Almost 
you know, hands down. Uh, and at one point in that run, 2014, he had a season that landed him second on the MVP voting. Right. Uh, behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he had 20 and a half sacks that year and five touchdowns he scored on offense and defense. He was just a – He was a freak. He was a man amongst boys that year. I remember that. And uh, then came the – yeah, I mean, his – his decline was a rapid one because in 2016, 2017, he basically missed those 24 games in that time period. Um, he did come back to have a 16-sack season in 2018, but that was just kind of the last hurrah for him. That was it. But for that that stretch, guys, from 2012 to 2015, it may be tough. It, it may be tougher. It may be tough to find a better stretch, I should say, uh, defensively. Uh, for any team, for any player in NFL history, because uh, that stretch is one of the greatest stretches defensively we've ever seen. Only three players have won Defensive Player of the Year three times, and that's Lawrence Taylor, J.J. Watt, and Aaron Donald. Yeah, and Aaron Donald, that's right. And you sit here and you look at it, you talk about 128 games over 10 years, and then you also have the fact that he had 101 sacks, two interceptions, and he had to return for a touchdowns. And of his two interceptions, he returned them for touchdowns. 27 fumble recoveries. 27 during his time with the uh, Texans. And the fact, too, that he ended up getting traded away. And then, Rod, you brought that up about the game that they're going to be playing at. They're playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers and his brother, TJ is going to be in the house too. So that may the, the schedule makers did them a favor nice. or or the the actual the Houston Texas. Texans looked at the schedule and yeah. said, "Hey, my brother's going to be here. Let's do it during this time and that way he can be out there for that because he is the next Watt that will be inducted into a ring of honor at some point because he's already making his case for defensive player of the year every single year. He's a freak and you see the wins and losses when he's on the field for Pittsburgh. Versus when he's not. So it's going to be something to look at. But what J.J. Watt did for the city of Houston as well, where he was embraced, he was throwing, he played catch with fans in the stand. He was just that guy. And, you know, not being a Texans fan, but a Texas football guy, I love the way J.J. Watt went out there and and made his mark out there. Sometimes I thought it was a little corny at times, but you can never – Take away his energy and his passion for the game that he went out there. This guy went to college on, as a walk-on. He did. He went, he went to Wisconsin, went somewhere else first. He was Central Michigan? Central Michigan and told his parents, I hate it here. Yeah, I'm going to walk on. Y'all just pay for me for a little while. I'll earn a scholarship. And he did. And now look at what he's done. He's paid his family back in tons. Mm, no. It's, it's Patrick, you're a Texans fan. I yeah, mean, I mean watched... he's going to be the first Texans Hall of Famer, no doubt. But that's he's the first because he Andre be. Johnson's not he's uh, not a Hall of it. Famer, and and so that's your only other guy that was close. So this will be your first, uh, and that'll be a huge deal for the Texans when that happens. But yeah, I mean, it's the career was amazing. There was that run where he was. It was just every time you just knew this. Anytime there was a big play, you knew he was going to be involved in it. The he always was winded, so we always had that great look. Uh, it coming back to it cutting exhausted, him, it cutting back to him on a third down, and you're like, is he about to die on the field? Yeah, and then he would burst off the line and get to the quarterback. You're like, I, I guess he just didn't want to work that much longer. I don't, 
Yeah, that's a WWE element to J.J. Watt too. Hundred <laughs> percent. He's the uh, Undertaker coming up from the yeah, coming up from the ground, yeah. ready to go. You it's can't very, get rid of me. Very I'm dramatic. Back. Yeah, yeah, very dramatic. But you know what? Uh, I you know what? I I loved watching J.J. Watt, uh, and also people thought he was corny. I yep. I remember that yep. that critique about J.J. Watt, but. Um, Man, like I said, that stretch from 2012 to 2015, uh, I don't know if you can find a better stretch defensively for almost any player. Aaron Donald's probably in that discussion too, but he put up some crazy, J.J. Watt put up some crazy stats. He had two 20-plus sack seasons in that time span too. Um, I mean, so he might be considered, I know he's top 10 all-time defensive players. I mean, some people might have him in the top five. Yep. I mean, he might be in that conversation where you look at only three players have won Defensive Player of the Year three times, and he is one of those three. Now, would you have him ahead of Reggie White or Bruce Smith? Eight players have won Defensive Player of the Year more than once. Um, so he's in that conversation. Oh, he's, yeah. Uh, but I, as a Texans fan, um, I, I think it's going to be really um, uh, emotional for Texans fans out there and for J.J. Watt, too, because like you said, he's got a different connection to the city after the mm-hmm. Hurricane Harvey efforts yep. that he had raising the $41 million, too. So Texans fans, Houstonians, have a special connection to J.J. Watt. He a also lot. may be uh, all-time greatest Houston-related athletes, too. He might mm-hmm. be top 10 in that category. Talking about Hakeem the Dream is obviously considered on a different level. Definitely. Earl Campbell, Warren Moon's in that conversation, Nolan Ryan, yeah. Bagwell, mm-hmm. Biggio. Yeah. Uh, who am I missing here? I'm missing guys. Uh, Carl Nolan Lewis. Ryan. Yeah. I said Nolan Ryan. Didn't oh, I? Yeah. 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 Carl Lewis is in a conversation. Carl Lewis is definitely somebody that Houstonians have a, a one of the greatest big, Olympians yeah, ever. Exactly. I, I, I'm going to throw one in. He's on the edge, but Clyde Drexler because he played college uh, there too. Yes. yes. If Clyde he did Hux not play college, there. then his best yes. years are in Portland. But if you put college in, then I'll put Rockets and and Houston College. That's true. Calvin Murray. They love Calvin Murray in the city. Yeah. They love Calvin Murray in the city. They do love Calvin. Yeah, because yep. he still does. He like, still does the, the Rockets. The, the, the games. Yep. Yeah. Like the color. <laughs> Somebody just said Altuve. Yeah. Yeah. Altuve's he won, in he there. won two World Series. Yeah. Altuve's in there. No, I agree. Altuve's in there. Is. Hold up for the Oilers. Isn't Bruce Matthews yes. in the Hall yeah. of Fame? Yes. Bruce Matthews got to be in that Bruce conversation. He's too yeah. damn good. And so of he's course, in there. Earl. Yeah, Earl's, I was going to say, Earl, Earl's are top of the Yeah, we all know the, the 34s are all in there. Yeah. Yes. That is true. That <laughs> yeah. is true. That's a, um, uh, Our buddy Chris Amadeus has a picture of the, all of the 34s together. That is fantastic. Yeah, it is, a, it is an outstanding picture. All right. So, yeah, yeah I, he's in the top 10, but hell, you're right. That's a. That's a that's uh, right now a really, really you know impressive group. Yeah. So I would put him in the top ten, but I think we just listed probably ten guys right there. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's probably in that group of guys, all-time great Houston-related no, uh, stars. And it's good to bring him back to Houston at, you know, when you're trying to rebuild your franchise and trying to rebuild your image after everything you just you went through to be like, all right, yes. Mega Ryans, let's no bring doubt. in J.J. Watt to be a part of this. Yep. To to help out with Demi Grant, to help bring our image back to being a actual football team instead of just a raging dumpster fire. I'm with you. Yep. That's a, that's a great point. I totally agree with that. Um, okay. And, and he can. He's luckily him and DeAndre Hopkins both went to, from all accounts, a worse dumpster fire franchise. From when you keep hearing from players. 
that it's the worst franchise in sports from players' perspectives. Um, it's so crazy that they were the Texans were one of the top ten most profitable sports organizations in the mm-hmm. in the world in the last three years, and yet we're a dumpster fire. Yeah. There's a lot of potential with this organization if they ever can get it together. Uh, but you're right. They need this for the morale, actually, of the community and the organization because there's a lot of distrust between the Texans fans and that organization because of what transpired the last three years or so. But uh, building up that trust again and the J.J. Watt ring of honor is a way to do that. Um, speaking of Texans, mini camp updates. Uh, C.J. Stroud is taking first team reps. Um, so we're done with the conversation about Davis, <laughs> Davis Mills officially. Like, it's done. He was splitting first-team reps, but now it's— It was all a formality. Yeah, he's taking first-team reps. It's still—some say on the, it's going to be a weekly rotation thing, but more and more he's getting first-team reps. It's, it's done, and it should be. It should, yeah. just, give, just give him the job. Now, well, I want him to earn it, but I— it's his. He is the franchise quarterback. Yes. Let's not play games. <laughs> Let's not play games. That's why you drafted him. That's why you drafted him. Yes. You know what I mean? That's uh, why you drafted him, and that's why you made the trade with Will. Like, you got to remember, C.J. Stroud is part of that trade for Will Anderson, whether people want to make it that or not. Absolutely. Because you could have just taken Will Anderson at two. Yep. So he's part of that. If you, need, you needed both of those guys, then you have to put C.J. Stroud in that, hey, if this doesn't work out, both these guys need to be held accountable. So both those guys, they need to try and fast-track as much as they can to get into play. And we saw Carolina has said that uh, Bryce Young is getting first-team reps now, too. He is now QB1. So both starters have now been placed yeah. as QB1. It's I totally agree. Go to your rightful position. Exactly. <laughs> now, if you got a, a starter that you think you can win with, right. like uh, Alex Smith when the you know the – can't see Chiefs had him and then drafted Mahomes. By all means, go ahead, win with that quarterback. Yep. You can't win with Davis Mills, and you know that. And whoever the Panthers have, who are the Panthers have? They had, uh, oh, God. Exactly. You oh, can't win no, with no, that. No, no, no. It's uh, Matt Corral. Yeah. But not even, uh, I was right. thinking, you remember can't they win had. With Matt Corral. Well, they I'm signed not, somebody else, too. I'm I not think, hating man. on Matt Corral, but my point is, so you, don't, like you don't know if you can win with Matt Corral. You don't know if you can win with Bryce Young in the league either, to be fair. But at least that guy you spent. All the draft capital on the first, the number one overall. Andy pickle. Dalton. Oh, that's right. Andy Dalton went there. Oh, Because remember, Kenya. Sam Darnold left to go to San Fran. Oh, so. <laughs> hey, that's the only franchise that can that actually can win with that backup quarterback. quarterback. That's right. That's right. Hey, no matter who's no matter who's going to take the stats for for the 49ers, we all predicting double digit wins. Yeah, no doubt. Somehow. Yeah. Um, okay, some other uh, training camp uh, notes that are happening. So. There are a couple of stories out there, and I, I really didn't know much about this, but Saquon Barkley is not going to sign his franchise tender. He's not going to nope. sign his franchise tag. And that is uh, it's interesting because I wonder if he'll think about holding out. There's a lot of talk about the running back position, yeah. and you've talked about it, Harge, and how devalued, undervalued the running back position has become, and the NFL's not changing their mind about that, by the it way. It seems to be that Austin they are Eckler, not. he's the latest that he right. had to take a little bit of a discount short term because he wants big money. These running backs, they want big money. They're not getting it. Dalvin Cook is out there. We'll see what he gets, um, but Saquon Barkley's trying to reset the running back market, I believe. Um, and rightfully so. I, I mean, he wants to. I, I just don't understand how we've gone from the fact that they do not believe in the running back position, especially because the Saquon Barkley is more than just a running back. He catches passes out of the backfield. He blocks when you need him to, and he rushes the football. So you're not just 
It's this isn't just hand the ball off running back. This guy is versatile and he can run. And the problem I think with a lot of these backs is you don't play hurt. Mm. I think that plays a little bit into it too. Like the running back position is so violent, we understand, but all of the positions are violent. But the fact of the matter is nowadays he's dinged up, so he's not going to be in the lineup today. Wait, what? Everybody's dinged up. Mm-hmm. You got to be out. But 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 again, it goes back to the agents. It goes back to the coaching staff. Hey man, if you're hurt, man, we want to have you for the long haul. Well, what is it? What is it? You're going to devalue me, or do you want me for the long haul? I need to be in the game because I need to show that I can play through injuries. Mm-hmm. I can make sure that I am there. I show up for work every single day, and you can count on me. The best availability is being available, and you can't. You can't. You haven't been able to do that. So maybe that's some of the reason. Because if you go back and look at some of these running backs, they have missed quite a few games. Even Austin Eckler missed quite a few games. Um, Saquon, quite a few games. Josh Jacobs, he's holding out too, rightfully so. This guy, what, didn't he lead the league in rushing yards last year, I believe? Yeah, but he had, a, he had a worse year the year before. But, again, like all this comes down to at what point are you going to, as running backs, all you need is like, I don't know, 30 running backs to get together and be like, no, none of us are going to play until exactly. you all figure this out. And y'all figure Union. out that next level below because for some reason y'all think wide receivers are insanely more important than us. And there's a line in between where you go, they are, they're, they're more important. They are not ten times more important than us. So I mean, I get that you only need three of them on a roster. You're only probably going to try and play two at a time. And if you say, well, I got to play this guy, and I'd rather play the guy if I if I have to pay somebody and I can find a running back for a million dollars a year. And or I find a rookie and play him on a rookie scale, and or I have to pay a guy eight million. So I'm I'm not saying even over ten, but they're not even going up to like six or seven or eight now. They're yeah, like, they're no, we'll give not, you three. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They just cut uh, uh the guy out of uh, the Patriots just cut a guy because his contract was not guaranteed, and they were like, ah, you're coming off an injury. We're not sure. We're going to get rid of you. Yeah, it, it's it's absurd to a point of it's. I get it's market. It's how it works. But at some point, the, the line has to switch for some of these guys. And I hope that Saquon and Josh Jacobs and guys not on the teams I'm rooting for sit out <laughs> and make it a little bit more fair for everybody else. But that's really all you can do is if enough guys keep holding out at a point and you start to get contracts back, it can sway it a little bit further back. But, yeah, I, I, I will never get how Christian Kirk can change the wide receiver market to – Way overpriced, where everyone Thank agrees you. they're overpriced. Where Thank Odell you. Beckham Jr. just got a huge contract, and if we're talking about availability, that guy's the last in line. Yep. And then you're on the other side, and you're like, "Hey, man, what are you the leading leaguer, leading rusher?" I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, minimum wage sounds good, right? <laughs> like, I don't mean better. I don't mean minimum of NFL. I mean, literally, we're going to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're also gonna have to do a desk work when you're not playing football. <laughs> no, it is. I, I I will admit at this point, I I don't see how the running backs are gonna reverse the trend. They could decide to hold out. Le'Veon Bell was the last that did it at, at running back. He was the last to do it at running back, where he he held out and it worked out for him. I mean, he lost some money, but he ended up getting paid to recoup a lot of that. We'll see if Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley decide. 
you know, they, they want to hold out or at least they want to force the issue um, of trying to uh, increase the value overall of the running back position because those two guys can't do it. Like, like I said, one guy's got on his resume, he led the league in rushing. The other guy was a top five pick at running back. And neither one of those guys can reset the market. I don't know who's going to do it. Bijan, maybe, yep. when it's time. That's three, four years down the line. And remember, they gave him his, all of his money guaranteed. He got his money guaranteed already at $21 million, Bijan did. So he's already ahead of everybody yes. else as far as the guarantee part. But it also gives him that leverage to when it's time for him to go, somebody's going to give him that because he plays a different part of the game. That's the thing. It's like I could see if you're valuing them just as runners. These guys do everything for you. You don't even have to take them off the field. They're three down backs. I know, but then the NFL would just argue that what's the deterioration rate? What's the rate of injury with that position? And that's basically that's where the devaluation starts. Yeah. They're looking at the rate of injury, and they're looking at the shelf life of running backs. Which is why I say these guys got to stop saying I'm hurt and go back out there and play. Because they sit out a lot. And I get it. I, I'm not, I'm not yeah, looking but, at them and saying they, they're not legitimately hurt. But in case you want to change the narrative, you have to figure out another way to make sure that you are available. It's a tough position. That's why you do running it back sucks. by committee. It sucks. Is, I, it, I don't know which side to, to, to pick in this one. I feel for the running backs. It is unfair. But I know why they're devalued. Yeah. I think we all do. We understand why. The, right. Look at all the Super Bowl champions. They don't really have. No, I gave you those numbers the other day. They don't really have a lot uh, of high-priced running backs. None. Yeah. Saw quarterback uh, and wide receivers. Exactly. And, right, the, and you, the edge rushers. And the edge rushers. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, what you got coming up for the people on Hard Knock Live? Talk a little bit about this Texas baseball team and kind of put a bow on what we saw this year. Um, all right, we're talking some Texas baseball. We're going to be a little bit more optimistic, yeah, uh, yeah, positive in this review of Texas baseball. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about the good side, the the, uh, the positive things from this past season. There are a lot of them. All of that more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike. You have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folk, but in front of your own speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Top of the Charts Tuesday. That's right, folks. Today is Tuesday, and your boy is well-versed on what day it is, unlike yesterday at this time when I thought Monday was Tuesday, but your boy is back. I'm, I've got it figured out. That's right. This is Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, Rod Babers, at Rod Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. You can also be a part of the show because we love it when you keep sending us your text on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And – 
first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to the Texas baseball team on an amazing, amazing season. Um, this season yesterday came to an end uh, by the unthinkable end of the season, uh, losing to the Stanford Cardinals seven to six on a lost ball in the twilight sky of California. It is uh, something that we weren't expected to see. We saw this team battle um, throughout the season, and it has been a great season. And let me give a little backstory to where we were yesterday. Uh, last season, Texas baseball team went forty-seven and twenty-two. This season, they finished forty-two and twenty-two. So they were around the same area. Um, but let's talk about the offseason and where it started at from last year. Uh, you go to Omaha, you take the loss, you get swept in Omaha, two in barbecue, everybody's upset. Changes started to happen. Tulo leaves, Sean Allen goes to Ohio State. You move uh, Sean Miller into the another role, uh, role. He becomes the special assistant to the head coach. Then you bring in former head coach uh, of at Baylor, my buddy Steve Rodriguez. Then you bring in Woody Williams, former big league uh, player and pitching coach from San Jack. You move Caleb Longley to the assistant position, and then you bring in Chris Gordon to be from Duke as the coordinator of pitching and hitting development. You also add Cameron Rupp as a student assistant to the squad. So there was a lot of changes in the front um, office, so to speak, within there. And then you got to come in, you lose – your shortstop, your catcher, your third baseman, your center fielder, your right fielder, and your all-everything award-winning first baseman, hmm. not to mention your Friday and Saturday starters. Then you have guys transfer out, go to different schools. Now you got to bring different guys in. So what does Texas do? They hit the transfer portal. They hit some high school kids, and they get ready to conquer the Big 12. Now, before the season, we talked about the struggles at the very beginning, that might occur. New team, new uh, messaging, new everything. You're learning different players. You're learning how to deal with certain players. But most importantly, we didn't have to ask for the panic button. Y'all asked me. I went to Arlington, got a chance to see this team play. But not only did I get to see Texas play, I got to see other teams within the Big 12 Conference go through their struggles at the very beginning of the year. Let's not forget the beginning of the season, TCU was the team that was supposed to be the number one team in the conference. They ended up not winning the Big 12, but they are the team that's going to Omaha, by the way. Ding, 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 ding. Let's not forget that. But they are going there. So we didn't have to hit the panic button, and we our expectations were kind of tempered, right, at the yeah. very beginning of it all. Now – but you can't do that here at Texas. It's not about that. We don't rebuild. We reload. And you go out there and you look at how they went and got some of these guys in the transfer portal, and you're like, man, here we go. Okay, let's see what happens now. Let's see what happens. Well, they go 0-3 in Arlington, and everybody's trying to figure out. And the only game that I will tell you that I was very upset while watching them play was the Vanderbilt game. And they ended up losing that game 12-2, to but it was because of all the errors that were being made. And that was something that we knew once they got back home, they they were going to clear it and get back to work, and that's exactly what they did. They played well all year and went on to win a share of the Big 12 regular season championship. After wit witnessing uh, Ivan the Hispanic Titanic Melendez home hey. run race, 
we got a chance to watch Dylan Campbell get his 38-game hit streak, uh, a Big 12 record, mm-hmm. and continue to get better. And I forget the number. I think he's at 46 games that he's reached base safely throughout the season. So, Crazy. And then we also got to see the develop, development of a LeBaron Johnson on the mound. He was somebody that didn't even get a chance to pitch last year. I think he pitched like 17 innings. And you got a chance to watch some of these guys grow. I got a chance to watch Jack O'Dowd get better at the plate and at the field. We got a chance to watch a freshman, Jared Thomas, who replaced Ivan Melendez at first base, go from the beginning of the year where my man had – he was drinking water through a fire hose at the beginning of the year playing college baseball. But he always had a smile on his face, and he came in, and he went to work. I talked to him in the elevator in Arlington. I was like, man, you ready for this? He's like, I was born ready for this. He was so excited about it. And I didn't know the kid from anybody, but I got a chance to talk to him a little bit. I was like, okay, I like his energy, and he just seemed to want to work. And we saw his growth and maturation throughout the year, too. We saw Peyton Powell take over the hot corner. Um, my guy Mitchell mm-hmm. Daly, who uh, he blocked out the noise. He, he was pulled multiple times from shortstop, but he ended up playing some really good shortstop, and he had a lot of crutch, uh, clutch hits this season for the Texas Longhorn. We watched the outfield of Porter Brown, Eric Kennedy, and the man that Bo Jackson gave a shout-out to, hey. D.C. Dylan Campbell, grow up right before our very eyes. We saw these guys make huge strides this year. And then we saw my man G-Wagon, G-Wagon behind the plate, Garrett Gilmet, grow. He grew on me, and I ended up loving his fire and his leadership for this team and how he was helping the the uh, pitching staff come together because it was rough. Remember, there were some ups and downs that was happening to that pitching staff, but this pitching staff went on to probably be one of the best ERAs in the Big 12. And it was a, it was a struggle, but at times they were going through certain things and they came through at the end to uh, sweep West Virginia with their backs against the wall to get a regular season share of the uh, Big 12 championship. But the bottom line, what I've kind of learned throughout these years, and Rod, you and I have played sports for a very long time at the very high level, but a lot of times the outside noise can kind of affect and clutter some of your thought process, Mm -hmm. Um, not just amongst the players but amongst the coaching staffs. And all you can do is just go out there and keep your head down and keep grinding. And the bottom line is we have to let coaches do what they do. Um, We can be critical of certain situations. We're going to be critical of certain things. But at the beginning of the season, towards the end of the season, week-to-week improvement is a sign of a well-coached team. And I think we strongly believe that this team got better as the season went on. The bonds that they were building, even if they didn't like Coach Pierce or were mad, they were bonding together to go out there and play because at the end of it, he can tell us everything under the moon and all this other stuff, but we have to be the ones to go out there and play. And I know a lot of people always talk about when are we going to start holding the players accountable because remember we went through it with Tom Herman. We went through it with Coach Sark. A lot of guys we can call the plays. We saw it with uh, the basketball team as well. Everybody was losing their mind, and then the next thing you know, RT comes in, does a great job, gets the new, becomes the head coach. People lose their mind because we're losing these players. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, our team is one of the strongest rosters that are out there. So the bottom line is just let the coaches do what they're capable of doing. And if you want to be critical, cool, but wait for the season to be over 
and then take a look back at what has happened because our man Joe Cook, shout out to Joe Cook, go to at uh, uh, JoeCook89 on Twitter. He wrote an article on um, May May 21st talking about David Pierce and him being a winner. And that's exactly where we got to start looking at this. So what? You don't like his style. This team plays hard. So what? You don't think he's the right guy. My man has been to the Omaha a bunch of times. He's won Big 12 championships. Do you agree with everything? How many of you at your job right now agree with your bosses every single move? You don't. It's impossible. Unless you're the boss. <laughs> Unless you're the boss. You're the only one that agrees with yourself. I promise you that. All the time. So you sit there and you look at his career. Uh, his first year at the University <laughs> of Texas, we went to the Long Beach Regional Finals. Second year, he wins the Big 12 Championship, and they go to the College World Series. Now, 19 and 20, 19, yeah, you could be very upset because that was a bad, bad year for Texas baseball. Uh in 2020, when the season got canceled, Texas was 14 and three at that time. Yeah, and then you go to 21, you go 50 and 17, Big 12 championship, and you got third place in the College World Series. 2022, 47 and 22, College World Series. Mm. 2023, you lose in the regional semifinals. I mean, in the regional uh, super, super regionals, regionals on a pop up. You know what I'm saying? On a pop-up that is normally a play, that is a routine play, Mm -hmm. and it ends up getting lost in the night sky. So you're a co-Big 12 champs, and you lose in that Stanford Regional, and your team goes 42-22. and Mm. Guys, just let the man do what he do, and everything else will take care of itself. I was on on the fence. I've been on these airways talking about it. I knew that there was going to be some changes, but just like everything else, we have to let everything take its course because we're always quick to rush to judgment. We can always think that we know better because we've seen it. And you look at other teams and you're like, oh, man, why don't we have that guy? Well, Mm. man, look, there's probably my wife probably like, how come I ain't dating that dude? Because you got me, baby. Because you got me. You know what I'm saying? So you got to look at it. We're always looking for what's out there and always been one to say, don't always try to look at what how green somebody else's grass is because you don't know what they're fertilizing it with. Mm-hmm. And it may not be the same. And I heard somebody talking about this today, talking about Rodney Terry quote, stand where your feet are. Don't worry about what's going on everywhere else. Just support this team, get behind this team, and continue to push because – I enjoyed myself, thoroughly enjoyed myself watching this Texas baseball team play the entire year. I loved watching these guys grow. I've watched them mature, and i watched them get better. Yeah. And the one thing we talk about a lot in football, Rod, is development, right? That's the, that's the narrative about Texas football. Oh, it looks like they're turning the corner. Look like some of these guys are getting developed. That's what it's all about. We saw LeBaron Johnson get developed. We saw Peyton Powell get better at third base. We saw uh, Jack O'Dowd get better. We saw Dylan Campbell. We saw mm-hmm. Porter Brown come in. You have to be able to mix and match all these guys together, too. And that's the other part. So I take my hat off to this baseball team. I give a shout-out to Coach Pierce and his staff. They did a really good job when the expectations was – Texas is going to be terrible this year. It's a rebuilding year. We don't know what to expect. And all we were on the out of way 
from taking it to an extra inning and possibly getting a chance to play in the World Series again. Uh, who in your mind is a lock to leave? Who is a lock to a, a lock to leave? I think, and, and, and of, of those who have the option, of course, who is a lock to leave or a lock to stay? I think LeBaron Johnson is a guy that I would pay a lot of attention to mm-hmm. uh, because of his development and his upside. Okay. We've, we've heard about the sponge-like mm-hmm. mindset that he has where he just takes everything in. And when you can teach, when you can teach that, and he can grasp it, it's a beautiful thing because he's got good life on his – we've heard Coach Pierce talk about the fact that he's had, what, he could throw – he's got the three best pitches on the team, yeah. and he's been able to do it. I mean, Lucas Gordon is going to get a chance to play at the next level. Um, I would be very interested to see what happens with Dylan Campbell. Me too. That is the one guy. And then I found out Porter Brown has another year if he wants to come back. So – there's just certain players that you kind of look at it. But to answer your question, I think LeBaron Johnson would be the one that I would want to look at the most because okay. of the upside. Dylan's going to get his shot. I mean, he's going to – I'm hearing that he might be a top eighth-round pick. But what does the financials look like for him? Agreed. And, I, I, and, again, I don't know. Somebody may know. I don't know if he's graduated already. So that might play another part of how close is he to graduating, and that's another – Avenue to the 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 now world of college athletics. Yeah, now nil. Yeah, I mean, depending on I don't know the money of eighth, eighth round picks. So, and I don't know what the nil situation is for Texas yeah. baseball, but uh, that's also a factor these days. Um, so we'll uh, give you uh, more updates uh, about anything else we hear from Texas baseball about the off season. But there you go, Harge giving a lot of props uh, about Texas baseball and a really really. Uh, yeah, it was a really inspiring season considering they were picked to finish fourth in the Big 12, I believe. Viewed yeah. as a rebuilding year, and a lot of Texas baseball fans will tell you Texas baseball should never be rebuilding. Well, and I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Right? I don't disagree with that at all. All right, we come back. We'll get into oh, what could have been one of the greatest what-ifs in sports history. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. D.D. Mega doo I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Uh, real quick, we'll get to uh, off the record here because we don't have a ton of time. So uh, Jerry West, the great Jerry West, he was on the Paul George podcast. Paul George, yes, has a podcast. And he brought everybody. up. Everybody does have a podcast <laughs> these days. Um, but uh, he actually brought up what could have been one of the greatest what ifs, I guess, now in sports history. We can add this to the list. Here is Jerry West. He became a free agent, and his agent then was Rob Palenka. So I met them in Orange County in a hotel room, and he said he wanted to come to Memphis and play. Really? And I looked at him, and I said, you kidding me? (laughs) And he said, no. And I said, Kobe, no. No. You belong somewhere out here. Mm -hmm. And even though he would have never played there, I just wanted to reassure him that don't feel like you have any obligation with me or the Grizzlies to play here. 
I guess in some sense that might have been tampering. I didn't look at tampering because he was at our house all the time. He ate at my house all the time. I felt more like a, a father figure with him. I had a wonderful relationship with him. Forget it as a basketball player. I love what he stood for, his commitment to excellence. He wasn't afraid of failing. Once you get afraid of failing, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. He was not afraid. All right, there you go, guys. Another great what if. Jerry West saying that Kobe Bryant at least considered, seriously considered, leaving the Lakers in 04 to play for the Grizzlies. That would have mm-hmm. sounded right either way. But, man, uh, what if it would have happened? No way. No way? Oh, my goodness. That would have been a terrible, terrible move for Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I mean, Kobe— You don't think Jerry, you don't think Kobe would have won a title in Memphis? No. Really? No. Okay. Man, he was he was where he needed to be. He wouldn't have won one, not one. Remember, wasn't he drafted by Charlotte? I wasn't that the he, original? Yes, team? No, that's where there. he should have stayed. Yeah, he got drafted by Charlotte and refused to play there, so they traded yeah. him, and that's how the Lakers got a really good deal on him. Let, let's just put this. This was at a time, and I, I feel like Jerry may have admitted part of this, the statement, which was, if Shaq's still there, I will leave and I'll play in Memphis. I think it's closer to probably what it was. 04 was when him and Shaq were at the crossroads of – we can't play together anymore. I hate yeah. you. You won't. I want to be the guy. You want to be the guy. I am the guy. So get off my team. That was when that year. So 04 is when Shaq's gone. But that was when Kobe was basically leveraging every single thing he could to tell the Lakers, if you do not trade Shaq, I will not come back. So that's what was happening in this time frame. So he was probably going to Jerry West, knowing that Jerry West was going to call the Lakers and, and be like, hey, uh, you know your guy's really disheveled. Like he was gonna talk to a guy and be like, "Your guy really doesn't like it there." So they could be like, "Oh, I guess we gotta get rid of Shaq." Yeah, and like this. Uh, this ultimately, Kobe won that power struggle. He did, <laughs> and then yeah. like two years later, it was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that." Yeah, we were nah. really good. They still, they still won one. They had to go get. They got when they got yeah. power in there. They, get, I they think came they had, I think if you get Kobe, you can. I'm not saying they won mo- multiple titles, but I think he could have won one with another champion. It, it taken him a while to build around it, but. I do believe the greats can get you one. The great, like Nikola Jokic. Yep. The great, if you're truly a, 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 an all time great, I think you can get one. You can get one. You can get your one. I ain't, if you want, if you want multiples, then yeah, you need to build a a true like team around mm-hmm. that player. Like you gotta, you know, build for the long term. Try to extend the championship window. Um, but yeah, I think Kobe, if they'd had a Jerry West in Memphis building around him, they can get one. Yeah. Sneak up and get one. Yeah, well, no, and I think in Memphis they could have gotten one. It's in, in in the fact of they could have built correctly. Like the Lakers don't have the the ability to wait and build. No, they have no patience. What in Hollywood? Well, they're in Hollywood, and that's yeah. the thing is You're the Lakers Hollywood. can't be bad for long. So yeah. they they have to keep basically leveraging their future all the time to stay relevant today. Yeah, so in LA. That was the deal. It's like you could never build that team to make it a dynasty just around Kobe. You had to get like, oh, we got to get Pau Gasol in here. We got to do that. But in Memphis, you could have been like, okay, let's draft a couple other guys. Yeah, you can do what Denver just did. You can take a little time. Everybody in Denver is patient because they're they're high and life is good in Colorado. (laughs) It is. No, I mean, life is good in L.A., but L.A., you got to compete with Hollywood for headlines and for attention. there There is enough people in Denver that woke up this morning and we're just happy to hear they had a basketball team. Yep. They were like, we had a, we have a, 
They're like, our basketball team just won the championship. He's like, we have a basketball team? Like, yeah, dude, you've been to games. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. But now they actually are the big story, the biggest story in the city, and they haven't been the biggest story in the city or in the state. In a, I don't know if ever, actually. Now they yeah. are. Right. Now they, they don't compete for headlines. Now everybody's talking about them, even the people that don't give a damn about basketball. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, some, speaking of basketball, we'll get back to the NBA Finals and talk about Denver winning their first title as a franchise. And also, man, their owner, who is doing some boss things. Big things. <laughs> Lately. Yeah. All of that more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 Horns.